Welcome to Goodwill Talk. We're so glad you're here today. At Goodwill Talk, you'll get to know your pastors, hear answers to your questions, gain biblical perspective on things going on in the world, and most of all, grow in your love for Jesus and the Bible. Let's listen in to today's conversation. So Jess, we are pretty much in the middle of my favorite time of year. It's it's just and specifically forget NFL football, fantasy football. Oh yeah, I mean, and this is because this is the season of hope in yeah. fantasy football. This is the season, for, but not just football. Like I love football, mm-hmm. but um, just this this September into October time. Like if you go September fifteen to October fifteen, mm-hmm. um, I think that might be my favorite thirty days of the year. Right there, um, there's a shift in the weather. You know, the evenings are cool. The days yeah, are still nice. Yeah. You get those nice cool mornings when you wake up and it's there's apple cider donuts everywhere. I'm yeah, everywhere. It's like they were waiting. It's amazing. Well, they were. The, this just, is like apple time. No, but I mean, like it's it's like they have these. I imagine storehouses filled with apple cider donuts <laughs> that are just like trying to burst out. It's hilarious. And then there they are. Middle of September. Bam. Perfect. Yeah. And um, but do you miss anything about summer when you get to this nope. part of the, no no i'm not really a pool, summer you don't nope. miss the... i'm not a summer person all right all right nope i don't really get i don't think i got to a pool once or twice this whole summer wow. i mean i like go to the river wow. yeah. and i i do like that yeah but nope nope do you guys bring on the fall my birthday's in the fall i'm with you happy I birthday think jess is, i mean we're way early but thank you when is when is your birthday november 7th november 7th so we got some time all right did i hope our listening audience has heard this and marked it down in their calendar november 7th and i hope that you get just buried in yeah, apple, apple cider, cider donuts, donuts. <laughs> november 7th <laughs> are, are they are, do you love the apple cider donut is that kind of a achilles uh, heel for you uh, no, not an Achilles heel for me, but you know, like when you're driving by the apple orchard or the farm stand oh, and they have like the fresh yeah. made ones, like I'm not buying them at the, at the grocery store. I'm not getting okay. ones like All if right. they're in a box, I don't want them. All I right. want ones that were like fresh made, you know, that are like still warm off the fryer with the sugar yeah. on them. So, so amazing. I, I think that's a, that's a very, this area thing. Is that, I was like wondering, because is I, that, I, have you had those? elsewhere like, like they're fine we drove once we heard oh these people make the best we drove like 45 minutes to get an apple oh, cider i mean i'm not donut. driving 45 minutes um, for a donut because I, I love a donut love a donut i'm like well this is the best thing ever and i ate it and i go it's a sugar donut like it's fine but apple cider oh. not the donut just a straight apple cider yeah the best and you have to get it like from the orchard oh, not no the, question not like the pasteurized at the grocery store that's yeah, acceptable yeah. but the no, stuff from the orchard. Straight from is. the orchard. Oh, the best. Now, uh, are you a pumpkin flavor person? I do like pumpkin. Yeah. Are you are you one of those? I am not are... a crazy pumpkin spice person. Oh, okay. Because that's pumpkin spice is not pumpkin. It is the spices that you make a pumpkin pie with. Okay. And no, I don't. I mean, those are fine and good, but no, like I don't drink pumpkin spice coffee or no, tea or chips or crackers or maybe I, I do like pumpkin ice cream, like actual pumpkin ice cream. Okay. I but, I cannot get into pumpkin flavor. I've tried like pumpkin pie. You don't like pumpkin muffins, pumpkin bread. Like I can I can have a piece of pumpkin pie. I'm not gonna because mm-hmm. it's pie. I'm not gonna turn down yeah. pie. Uh, but normally I have to slather that thing in Cool Whip, um, or I'm not really into it. And uh, it's just that's hilarious. It's fine. I, like pum- but, I really like pumpkin bread. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I like I like things like zucchini bread and yeah, banana so pumpkin bread. Pumpkin bread is like that. along the same lines. You okay. might like that better. Yeah, I give it a shot. It's orange. It's not very pump. It doesn't taste very pumpkiny, but it's it's an orange bread. It's orangish, oh, and right. it's got like you know because pumpkin's very moist. It's got a lot yeah. of moisture in it. It's a nice, 
Nice breakfast. What party. is there a um a fall thing that you look forward to every, other than the donut? Um, what's the fall activity you look forward to? Fall activity I look forward to. I don't know. I really like to walk on the rail trail in the fall. I don't know. Like that yeah. we don't we're not a, we don't go and do really like activities where there's other people. So <laughs> fair enough. I mean, yeah, especially right. recently. But um, I mean, I guess we do usually try to make it to a Buffalo Bills football game. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't have one on obsessed. Not obsessed. I mean, we're passionate fans. Okay. We're killed us. We're like anything we're passionate about. We are very passionate Ask about Matt's yeah. leg if he's obsessed or not with the Bills. <laughs> OK, good. That's yeah. a great tattoo. He got that from our 10th anniversary. He came home. He's like, look what I got. He got <laughs> that for you for. <laughs> He got a tattoo on his leg for your anniversary. (laughs) Happy anniversary, babe. I have a buffalo on my on my calf. Yeah. I always tell him it's dirty. I'm like, your leg's dirty. Let me rub that off. Oh, that's messed up. (laughs) It looks good. I'm a fan of the tattoo. But anyway, so yeah, we usually do try to make it up to a football game, although I don't have one slated for this year because I just don't think it's gonna come together. Okay. But um I really like walking on the rail trail in the fall when like you know, especially in, in Walden where like on my end of the rail trail where the trees all cover it mm-hmm. and like you've got just the, the smell of wet leaves and the cool air. It's just like there's something special about that. I really like. I, I th- maybe that's why I love this time of year. And there are certain things I grew up um, hearing about and reading about but never experienced and an elongated time of the leaves changing. Oh, it's, it's like, like at the top of the list, the fall, like the actual season the of actual fall season of fall. We, we went from blistering hot to the winter, you know, where your highs are in the seventies and your lows are in single digits. Well, like that's an intense temperature yeah. shift. So there's no, um, you don't get a lot of those kind of beautiful fall colors. Also, you get a lot of pine trees down there. Um, and they're just, you know, year round, they're hanging out, they're being pine trees. There's no real change to them. It's, I get out <laughs> here, my mind is blown. I'd never seen colors like that before. It's spectacular. Um, and so. And I think this year is proving to be like, hopefully even more spectacular because like you already can start to see some of them yeah. changing and like you'll be driving every once in a while to see like a really bright red or a really bright yellow already. I'm just hoping, like, yes. I'm hoping the drought doesn't kind of kneecap our fall. No, I'm was, hoping it, was it a extends rough summer. It. But yeah, maybe it would. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I don't know how these things work. I don't but know. At least there's no rain to take the leaves off the trees. <laughs> They're going to be up there for a long time. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's get to work today. We are diving in uh, to a conversation that I hope is helpful for people um, because one of the one of the things that's kind of a hobby horse for me, um, I feel like we're not very good at using the Psalms in our daily lives or in worship. I, I think that, um, so you go to a description of, of worship that Paul gives, uh, I believe, to the Colossian church, um, that we are to sing Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Mm-hmm. I think that one of the things we've done recently in worship is add in a couple of Psalms, um, which is great. But we don't tend to sing lament and we don't tend to use lament in our day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. And this is um, one of the largest genres of psalm 
You know, you have you have royal psalms that are celebrating kings. You have um, psalms of adoration. You have uh, creation psalms, and a lot of those get some play because they're beautiful. Yeah. And then we read a lament song that's just how long, O oh Lord? Why have you turned your back on me? Like it just, you know, my enemies are crushing in on me. Would you crush the heads of my enemies? Like it's all of these, and we're going. I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Um. And so what we want to do today is we want to spend some time uh, talking about laments and the way that lament can really help us in our daily life. And I, I sent a list to you, Je Jess, and also to Jeff of um, different kinds of lament. And so I wonder if we can just talk about this a little bit. We can highlight some psalms that we think um, might be especially helpful for people. But I also just want to talk about... Um, becoming more comfortable leaning into sorrow and discomfort and pain as simply a part of the Christian experience. Yeah, I thought that was interesting that you sent this and that the men's Bible study had just started doing the uh, book of Job or right. a study on Job. And I was like, that really is perfect because that's pr pretty much all of Job is a lament. Oh my God, more. How, how much more? How much right. more? <laughs> we have a whole book called Lamentations. Yeah. Like it's a, it's, it's, it's that important. Right. Well, especially, I, I mean, you said day to day, and I, I mean, certainly any scripture is good, good in any day, but there are definitely seasons where like leaning into the lament, I think is helpful. Yeah. And cause you know, sometimes like when you're in more challenging times in life and I feel like our, uh, like society's like, well, just buck up and it'll be great. And, you know, look at the sunny side. Like sometimes the side's just not sunny. Like the sunny side is not oh, available for geez. me to look at. And I, so who, I think like, you know, to, to have this as a resource and to say like, all right, I just, just I'm just going to focus on, or not focus on, but like, I'm just going to let myself feel and experience the bad things. Cause what I'm experiencing right now is bad. Right. And I'm not going to pretend it's good. I'm not going to pretend that I should, you know, like not identify that it's bad. It is. Right. Well, I mean, it, it, whoever created the silver linings <laughs> statement, I, I just, I don't have happy thoughts for them. Um, I can't find a silver lining in that statement. It's just, it's, it's so sometimes things are just bad and we have to be able yeah. to, to be honest. Sometimes the silver lining is tarnished. Yeah. Like just be honest about where you're at. And that's mm -hmm. the beauty of the scriptures. It's the beauty of these many Psalms, the whole book of Job, the whole book of Lamentations, large parts of Jeremiah are a lament. Like lament is all over the scriptures. Um, Jesus on the cross sings a lament Psalm. I mean, I don't know if he was singing it, but you know what I mean? Like right. that's Psalm 22. Right. That's where he went. Yeah. He went to a lament Psalm. Um, and, and yet it's, it's not just the culture and this is, uh, I want to be careful not to get on a hobby horse. So maybe you'll have to rein me in a little bit here, but <laughs> we live in such a shallow Christian culture that cl white knuckles Romans eight twenty eight right? That God works all together, uh, all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. We white knuckle that to negate any bad experience right? and just paper over pain and suffering and disappointment and frustration with, well, basically our version of everything happens for a reason. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's a true verse that we use as a, as a way to mask what we're actually going through. 
when the scriptures don't mask it. I mean, read the way Paul describes his missionary. He's lamenting. Yeah. When you read um, the way he talks to Timothy, everybody abandoned me. Everybody abandoned me except Luke. I mean, that's just a, a remarkable cry from the heart. Yeah. And um, so I, I, I just wish we were in a Christian culture that was more honest and not like every time we talk about suffering, it's a grace note to get to, but everything's going to be okay in the end. Right. We know, <laughs> but right now sucks right. and we need to be okay with that. Yeah. Like it's like, we're not just, well, on the other side of this, I'll right. be able to look and say that it was like, no, you might not. Yeah. You might never, there might not be another side. It and, just might be bad and then you die. Right. And yes, the Lord will then rescue you and bring you into glory. Right. Praise God. Right. But that doesn't mean that sometimes things aren't right. just terrible. That doesn't mean that this, like sometimes suffering is suffering. Straight up suffering. Yeah. And I think what we want to do is help people move through the process of lament well so that it really is a, a tool they can use so they don't have to pretend like everything's okay when it's not. And, and I, I think there are people who are really intimidated by Christianity because they feel like it's supposed to all be okay all the time and it's really not. And right. Or when you're in a season where it's not that you should be able to just, yes, I know these Psalms are here. Like, you know, I can pull one up and read it and pray, but like, then I should be over it. Yeah. Like I, I shouldn't dwell in them. You, you can dwell in them Live as there, long man. as you're suffering. <laughs> I mean, David will say my tears are my food in one of them. Right. Like you don't get much more. Right. He's not just, waking up the next morning and be, you know, like everything is sunshiny. Thank God for the next day. Yes. Yeah. The same guy who said his mercies are new every morning said my tears are my food. Both of those things can be true at the same time. Right. And, and I just, we, and, and to push home just how important lament is. Um, let's go to the very beginning of the Psalter. And I want to just talk to folks. This is a little bit of a teaching on what is the Psalter. So the Psalms are not just 150 Psalms randomly put in there, um, but they are a shaped, very carefully shaped collection of Psalms that actually um, tell the story of the people of Israel um, thematically. So you go from the reign of David through the exile and then out of the exile again. There's five books. The five books are somewhat patterned on the Pentateuch. Like it's a very artistically built. They're not just random Psalms. And the first two Psalms that we have um, actually are most likely some of our um, latest Psalms written because they were written to introduce the Psalter as this, as this book that will teach us um, the wise way of living after God and the wise way of resisting scoffers and those who would um, reject the Holy One of Israel. That's what Psalm 1 and 2 do. They're, they're introduction for the whole Psalter, which means the very first Psalm we get after the introduction, Psalm 3, starts with, O Lord, how many are my foes, many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. That's where it starts. It immediately, the very first thing you hear in the Psalter after the introduction is a lament. And mm -hmm. it's the very first Psalm we hear from David. It's, he didn't write the first two. Like one of the things we got to 
be comfortable with is David did not write every psalm. Some of them are explicitly not written by David. Sons of Korah, Moses has a psalm in here. Like it's not, and they're also not all written at the same time. Right. You have Moses, and you have the sons of Korah. You have a random guy named Ethan shows up and writes a psalm. Hey. Yeah, look that up. There's a guy named Ethan in the Bible who wrote a psalm. Um, you know, His mom these... is so proud. <laughs> His mom is so proud. Ethan's mom, so proud of him. Um, but yeah, there's when David opens the Psalter, the first time David opens his mouth in the Psalms, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. He immediately goes to lament. And that should tell us something about how we should expect this life to be lived. As soon as the God of Israel is introduced, David comes and complains to him. Like, that's it. Like, that's yeah. what God wants. Right. He wants us to come and cry out with our right. hearts. He doesn't want us to... Look how many examples he's given us. Right. And we have this idea of like, oh, I can't come to God with my complaints. Like, I, I, I feel like I'm being ungrateful or I feel like I don't have uh, the right Christian worldview if I don't just pour out my anger and my frustration and my pain before the Lord. And he's yeah. saying, actually, what I told David to do, first thing, bring me your complaint. Bring me your pain. Bring me your suffering. Yeah. As I was, I don't remember where I was reading it. And they said something about, or to the effect of, you know, God is strong enough to shoulder your complaints or like your pain. You know, don't worry right. about like bogging him. I, God, sorry, I don't want to bog you down with this. Like, no, that's that's what he wants from you. He mm -hmm. wants you to bring that to him. And and if you if you read through these opening psalms, so Psalm 3 starts that way. Mm -hmm. Psalm 4, answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. O men, how long shall my honor be turned into shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? Immediately, now we're in a lament, right? So 3 is a lament, 4 is a lament, here's 5. Give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my groaning. Lament. Mm -hmm. First three psalms that we get from David are laments. Then we get to six, which is asking, please don't rebuke me in your anger nor discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me for I am languishing. And then he, he and then he keeps going. And then he keeps going. Verse uh, Psalm seven. Right. Oh, Lord, my God, and you do I take refuge. Save me from all my pursuers and deliver me. It is the first four Psalms out of David's mouth. It's not until you get to eight that you finally get a creation Psalm. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. We don't do this right. Yeah. And um, I have felt so convicted that I, I don't know as a pastor if I am equipping my people to be able to cry out to the Lord and when the world is insane and people are suffering and uh, a fellow EPC church member can get abducted off the street and murdered, like that was someone in our denomination who made all the headlines. Yeah. It was our church that had the funeral. Um, our our church our, in Memphis. Yeah. Um, our like not a sister church. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, a sister church in the EPC. Yes. Um, when when that can happen, we need this. Mm -hmm. And and yet we skip it all the time. And I just I'm I am concerned that as things can as we continue to suffer as Christians, as we continue to suffer simply as citizens in this world, that we're not utilizing the thing that helps us keep our hope. Our lament helps us keep our hope. Just singing happy songs and being, you know, everything's going to be okay, you know, that's not going to help your hope. Not when you're 
not when your soul is breaking. Right. Like you need words <laughs> to be <laughs> right. given to you. Right. That's what these words are. Okay. I've been ranting for like 10 minutes. I'm sorry. No, I, just, I think that was I, all I really good. Feel... I was, as you were reading them in your ESV translation, which is what I usually read and study from, but I do feel like in situations like this, like if you're really trying to, you know, read through, pray, um, not necessarily using them for a study to sometimes switch over to a more yeah. poetic or easier translation. It, it, it like if you're using them as your own words, they feel more like your own yeah. words because they're written more in your, you know, updated American language, which, yeah. you know, yes, those translations maybe are not as deep for study. Um, but in, in, in this use, I sometimes will like, you know, kind of, you know, if I'm picking a Psalm and I'll, I'll go through a couple different translations and you like, you know, go to the message or the good news Bible, which yeah. is something I'm not going to study from or read normally. The message is great for stuff like this, but like I'll flip through on my phone, you know, use yeah. the little Bible app and switch to a different translation. You're like, all right, like those are, I can get that. Yeah. I mean, in my own devotional life, I, so I preach from the ESV, mm-hmm. um, when I'm doing sermon prep and, and studying and stuff like that, it's the ESV because it's just, um, it's not my favorite translation, but it works better yeah. for that. Um, the NIV is what I read devotionally. I love the NIV. The old I'll, NIV or the new one? No, NIV? the new one. I love it. I, I don't, I don't ever one. think I've picked a new yeah. one up. Uh, people, people freaked out about the new one because I a still, lot of, I just like have four old ones that, you know, yeah. like why would I replace him? <laughs> there's, I mean, there's a couple moments where you're like, eh, that's a bit weird, but yeah. like by and large, the only thing that, that changed is instead of brothers, it's brothers and sisters and stuff like that. Like they're just, which is what the Greek word means. So right. it's, it's not like they liberalized the Bible, but people freaked out over the NIV and it became a thing. Okay. I really like it. It's a, yeah. it's a very, it flows off the tongue nicely, mm-hmm. particularly for things like this. So if, if you're reading through the ESV and like, ah, oh, it feels a little stilted, go to the NIV. Yeah. Cause it's, sometimes it's it feels a, really a little like collegiate. Bible. Yeah. And, and when you are hurting, you, you don't need collegiate. Right. You want not a story book, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like just, I want this to be accessible. Yes. Give me like the fourth grade reading level. That's it. And that's what it is. Like yeah. the NIV is written at the third to fourth grade reading level. Yeah. So it very much will, will flow out of you. So, so I want to encourage people um, to find a list of the Psalms. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to provide a list um, and, and I'm going to make sure that it's in the show notes. Um, the list that we've been looking at came out of a book and I, I want to promote yeah, I the book. It's like a um, snapshot. Yeah, I could tell you like yeah, took a snapshot I of the page. I took a snapshot and I was like, hey, look at this, look at this page in this book. But I'm going to fold this up um, and put it in my Bible. That's great. why I printed it. There you go. So what I want to do is um, in the show notes, I want to highlight this book because I think that it's a, a really helpful um journey into lament for people who've never really thought about this. It's called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. And the story of, of Mark Rogop, he's a pastor just outside Indianapolis. Um, he had a child who was stillborn and um, was obviously crying out to the Lord and realized um, that he was not as equipped to be able to lament well because he hadn't practiced. And this is one of the things that I also want to emphasize we don't only lament when we are broken. We lament when things are good because there's always something broken to lament about. Yeah. There's always people in your life who are hurting. Right. Trust me, if your life is looking all right, look out because just, somebody within arm's reach is hurting. Just look out your window. Yeah. And lament. The world is broken. Yeah. People are broken. World systems are broken. It there's brokenness. Lament over your own sin. You might have think you might think you had a good day. Yeah. You didn't. You sinned. Um, because that's what we do every day. So lament yeah. your sin. Like 
practice lament because here's what happens. Then you get a gut punch. That phone call comes in, that diagnosis happens, you get hit with something you did not see coming and lament will naturally pour out of you because you've been practicing, right? This is, um, this is why athletes don't just go play the basketball game. They practice <laughs> a lot and then they go play. I thought you were going to say they don't go play the basketball. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would have been, that would have been hilarious. They don't though. go play sports ball. They don't play sports ball <laughs> without practicing the sports ball first. We can't just immediately say, oh, I'm going to now, now I'm really hurting. I'm going to go find that list of lament that they talked about ages. No, do we, you know, find a list, buy this book, mm-hmm. read this. I don't, I don't promote a ton of books like this. Um, there are some books that I think everybody should read. This is one of them because it's, it's very accessible. What was the name of it again? Uh, it's called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. I think um, I heard that mentioned in a Facebook group I'm on that, yeah. you know, they were like, hey, this, you know, somebody had put out that it's they were a, reading it and everybody book. was like, oh, yeah, I read it. I love it. And um, the subtitle, I'm, I'm trying to to find it. Let me pull it up on a website. Discovering though. the Grace of Lament. Thank you. Discovering the Grace of Lament. And it's uh, it's a beautiful book. I, I strongly, strongly recommend it. Um, I'm actually going through it with a member in the church right now. Um, and it's, I think, a helpful way to get yourself thinking about lament and using it well. And it includes this list that I gave you, Jess. Oh, um, and then I'll also try and find uh, a list of lament psalms online that we can put in the show notes. But um, So that's a lot of personal lament. I want to take a little bit of a turn. And, and we have uh, Jeff here, who is our creative director and also does a lot of the worship leading here at Goodwill Church. Um, Jess, you do a lot of the worship leading here at Goodwill Church. Um, I do the the building of the worship services in Beacon. Um, so here's the question I want to ask, because it's not, lament is not just a personal thing. On that list, um, you'll notice when you look at it, um, if you get the book, there are partial laments, right? So there are some where like part of it's a lament, but part of it's not. Right, like a little section of yeah, the, of the a, chapter is. Right. There's imprecatory psalms, which we didn't get to, and that's that's literally praying for the defeat of your enemies. And that's a whole other conversation, I think, because that's an important thing that we want to think about. What does that look like in in the kingdom? Yeah. How do we use those well? What's the appropriate way to use those? So, when you look at this list, though, you know, like there, the couple other sections, there's like maybe five or eight. Yeah. Eight chapters. And then like the personal one, 29. Huge <laughs> 29 chapters. Of and even corporate, there's a lot. And then the next one, corporate. A group or a nation vocalizing pain, grief, fear, or some other strong emotion. Um, and and not only just that group, but there are psalms that um, even repent for the sins of the past. Mm-hmm. You know, so you go to, uh, I want to say it's Lamentations 5-7. I'm going to pull that up real quick because it's a very helpful little verse to show um, the reality of generational sin and the need even not just to repent of your own sin, but here's Lamentations 5-7. Our fathers sinned and are no more, and we bear their iniquities. That's part of the lament is is confessing generational sin, not just your own sin. Like there's a, there's a lot of room for lament here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was corporate. A lot of it was the people. If you read Nehemiah 9, after they have kind of rebuilt the wall and they're going to try and reestablish the nation of Israel after the exile, that worship service, massive lament. So much so that they had to stop the service and say, all right, we've kind of beat this lament thing too hard. Let's shift and celebrate because God has, you know, uh, they, they maybe did a little overkill in the lament, but 
Nehemiah 9 is this massive lament. So here's the question I have for you guys. How do we implement lament as a regular part of our corporate worship together? What does that look like? Because the Psalms do, the scriptures do, evangelicalism doesn't. How do we start maybe moving in a more biblically full vision of worship? I was thinking of that when you were talking, because I thought that you were asking for input from me from the first one that we recorded today. Um, But I was thinking about interjecting while you guys were setting it up, just asking how would that how would that work yeah. because it would really need to be it it wouldn't i feel like it wouldn't work if it was just like oh we're going to introduce a song about lament today and just do it <laughs> like just I feel in, like, like it mid, would have mid to worship, be some, mid worship musical worship set yeah i feel like it would I have to be something saying. that is set up in a way taught and like this is we're going in this direction and the importance of it and then how it's worship, like the whole nine yards. It definitely has like. to be taught, no question. Yeah, I don't it would definitely, I think, need to be like at the end, at the end of a worship service. That do you think? Would I think to start? Yeah. Why is that? I well, especially to like end on the lament. Maybe do a two song, but I yeah, I well, because I think kind of think you would need to be, like you were saying, like kind of have it taught. So you know, if you were either preaching through a lament, like if that was the part of the of the liturgical calendar, the preaching schedule that you were at, that it was kind of like taught. And then this is how you do it. Like, let's practice this together. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if you're just in a part of the Bible, like that references a lament and then to do that together. But I think just like, well, you know, sometimes everything is terrible and people are suffering. Let's sing about it. Like, let's sing to God about it. I, I, I don't know how you like transition e- easily in and out of that. So I, I hear you. I do. But man, the people of Israel really didn't care about that. They just didn't. Like I, we think in we think in production terms, we think in packaging terms. Mm-hmm. Um, but worship is the, the full expression of the body of Christ before the Lord. And every Sunday, every single Sunday, we have folks in there who need to cry out. It, you could have a congregation of 10 people. Someone in that room is aching. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess one of the things that I'm, I'm thinking through myself as, as we are, um, you know, Beacon's only a couple years old. We are starting to solidify what we do, but there's still a little bit of room to, to maneuver, a little bit harder in a place that like, like Montgomery, where things are pretty much locked in and the way we do things are locked in. And we, but when, when I think through the, the way that lament is used by the people of Israel, and when I consider where a lot of our members are and the suffering and the pain that they're enduring, there are people who are, who loved ones are dying, loved ones are sick, jobs are being lost, um, dreams are being shattered. That's just, you know, the divorce papers came in like we lament mm-hmm. is very much a part of our congregation's experience, but the pain of their experience is not reflected most of the time in any aspect of our worship. Yeah. I feel like it usually is in, in a, a prayer or two at least, but I think not what you're like, that's not the sole focus. I think it'll get touched on and yeah, I'm just kind of spend time in it. I just think it's something 
it's something for us to be considering. How do we corporately lament? Um, not only because there are those who are suffering right now, but because those who aren't suffering right now will suffer in the future. Right. And that when we do worship together, we are expressing, we are, we are rejoicing with those who are rejoicing. We do that well, I think. But the weeping with those who weep corporately is not something that we do effectively. I think we, you're right. We touch on it in a prayer here or there. Sometimes something happens. We're like, all right, stop everything. We need to pray about this. Yeah. Um, but to sing a lament, part of it is is we're hampered because you don't have a whole lot of contemporary Christian music out there that's well, yeah, putting that's out laments. Point. Like, yeah, it's it's not very popular. It's, so it's, it's not, not which again shows you how skewed our worship life has become in, in the broader evangelical world. Um, but I, I think that we really want to be thinking about this and praying about this because um, we want to help folks lament well and, and be able to walk through really difficult roads because really difficult roads are either here or they are coming. And um, we want to be prepared. And there's a, there's a corporate side of lament as well as the personal. Um, so, I'm just highlighting something that I think is not just a weakness at Goodwill Church. I, it's a weakness here, but I think it's a, a weakness across the board yeah, in the evangelical that, world. I don't, I'd yeah. like to see it done. Yeah, I don't think that like you could say, oh, you know, like somehow we've fallen short and everybody else is doing it great. No. I think as a as a as a, culture, as a Christian community, yep, we, we have need fallen to, short on this yeah. one. And and there are traditions who do this well. I mean, if you if you look, I mean, part of it is because of history, but if you look to the black church. They, they understand how to lament corporately. Mm -hmm. And some of their laments are just, they crush you. Um, there are hymns that have fallen out of favor over the last 50 to 100 years because of the evangelical movement um, that are lament hymns from centuries ago. Mm -hmm. um, Naturally, there's less of them than the rest of the categories, right? No. like there's The reason there's less of them is because our hymnals... They phased them out phased them out right. um, but there's a ton of them that got written it's just that they're they're very difficult to right. find some of them now not as trendy um, as come thou fount not as trendy as come thou fount although there's this there's yeah. a touch of yeah. lament there in come is, thou yeah. fount um it is well with my soul mm -hmm. is a powerful lament mm -hmm. um so like and you we can sing it at funerals them. we, we sing, sing it at funerals not right. at, at corporate worship on sunday right typically. and that's the thing like why aren't we singing it in corporate worship on right. sunday and so these are some of the things to for us as church folks to be thinking about, but I think what also listeners can be thinking about is, all right, I, the church is starting to have this conversation a little bit. How am I in my own walk with the Lord implementing these things in my devotional life so that I am prepared when suffering comes and so that I can um, really allow the words of scripture to pour out my brokenness before the Lord because we need it. It's there for us, and it's a tool we don't use well. So, yeah. Good job. So, Good topic. I think so. I think it's, I think it's one that we need to talk more about. I, I think. Yeah, this is, I'm sure we'll we'll bring it back. We're up. gonna need to bring this back around soon. So, yeah. All right. Well, I don't think we have any more on that. I, go lament. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's your go. Do like, it. Really, go do it. Yeah. Look in the show notes. Get the psalm list. Go lament, and uh, we'll see you back here again next week. Go. We'll talk. Thank you so much for joining us today. 
If you like our show, please leave us a five-star rating, write a review, and be sure to tell your friends to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Check out our episode notes for links to our church website and any resources shared on this episode. Editing and sound design by Jeff DeMatti. Marcos Ortega wrote this episode. Our executive producers are Mikey Antonucci and Jeff DeMatti. Your co-hosts are Pastor Marcos Ortega and Jessica Kilduff. A special thanks to Goodwill Church for supporting this show so we may provide it to you, our listeners, for free. Let's talk again next week.